1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am the man formerly known as Van Halen. Twenty-seven cents. I am now twenty-seven cents. Correct, <laughs> because I'm all hip and all that stuff. So there you go. Anyways, with me the guy who is short of a dollar, Mister Steve
0: Parsons, aka thirty-five pence. Thirty-five pence. Well, was about twenty. How come you? Well, how come you're more it's expensive about twenty-seven? Me? Well, it isn't. It's about twenty-seven cents
1: no 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 no, 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 I thought pounds were more more than they
0: they are, but they're worth less What? well what? how much well, how much is a gallon of gas uh
1: four dollars seventy nine cents here in Massachusetts, well, if you came to England, it would
0: cost you ten dollars a gallon, ten dollars or ten pounds ten pounds ten dollars ten dollars ten dollars a gallon how many stones? We don't do it in stones. It's a liquid. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles. Come to the right UK. Here. We're real poor.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tochinet Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal, and your podcast, your tune-in iPhone app, or whatever. I don't know. We're everywhere. Like, like uh, that norovirus. <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> you were thinking what I was thinking. There, yes, I was. yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, bring on, I guess, and uh, wait a minute, who put him back on the air? I, I had control of the stack. Did that crap? Anyway, uh, without further ado, let me introduce to you a man who's been doing radio professionally, unlike us, for many years. Uh, he is Mr. Rick Hale. Rick, you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Hi, guys for
1: having me good good how long have you been doing radio we are on our fourth year miss. oh crap i thought that was a long time shit i've been doing longer than that did i just say that yes i did
0: no no i didn't hear you say that word
1: block that out will you beep okay there you go so anyways rick uh welcome to the show and uh thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule because i know you are a busy man you seems like you work all kinds of crazy hours or something Am I all, all alone or is...
0: No, you're all alone now. Rick? Rick? Have you put him on hold again? No. <laughs> I must have insulted him.
1: Now he's not talking to me. <laughs> Steve,
0: Steve, you talk to him. Well, Karina says he's there. are you're there. Speak to me instead. You've put him on hold. No, I haven't. <laughs> You've broken it again, haven't you? Probably. <laughs> anyways, he's.
1: we'll get him back. Karina's on it. She's hot on it, and uh, she'll get him back in no time at all, and uh, there you go. So anyways, uh, the weather here is excellent, and you're never supposed to – you know what? You're never supposed to talk weather on the radio. I found that out. That shows that you're a poor host if you talk weather. That means well, you have nothing to, t- nothing hey, we to could, talk about. Okay. Well, we could talk about Lego. I saw that uh, you are got. You do have the official. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters Lego finally,
0: finally released on the first of June. The Ghostbusters Lego set with Ecto One and the four figures. Well, that's right. that's really cool. So that's so that's going to uh, keep me keep me busy. Well, next. Oh. I can't mention. I, I was going to say on the next rainy day, but that brings the weather back into it again, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I have the of course. You know, I have the Barbie Ouija board. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. guys, can you? There hear
1: you go. Me? Oh, he's back.
2: Okay, great, cool.
1: (laughs) We we insulted you so much, you just left, and that's what we figured. No,
2: Uh, no, 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 not at all.
1: All right, so anyways, uh,
2: you know, I've been,
1: you're also, in addition to being a uh, a radio host, and your show is, what is the name of your show, and and where can people listen to it? Uh, Paranormal
2: Underground Radio, it's at uh, HazyRadio.com Thursday nights. Um, There's that, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, so that would be seven. Anyways, it's 8 p.m. Central Time. I'm sorry, I get like I get, <laughs> times all screwed up. I'm, I don't know. Well, but,
0: yeah, I did. I... Central, night. Yeah, I, I guessed it on Rick's show once. So in UK yeah. time, it was silly o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. You were yeah, on the show, and it's still the one. It. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it survived. <laughs> um, unlike many, many others. That's. That's for sure. Anyways,
1: so uh, you have been doing it for four years, and and Rick, you have you have seen such a rise in the number of paranormal radio shows, uh, and all things, and TV, and and the radio, and and groups, and T-shirts, and all that stuff. I mean, what what's your oh, yeah. thoughts on? It? Is this good or bad?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of commercialism that's involved here. I think that um, it's. You know, this is the way I see it. Like you have your entertainment side, and then you have your true researcher side. Your entertainment side are the people that are going to buy all that stuff, and they're the people that are going to go to other conferences, and the people that are going to go and watch all the television shows and listen to some of the radio shows. And uh, those those are those are the people that are involved with the entertainment side. Whereas, with you know, real researchers such as ourselves, we're more interested in actually moving this field forward. Entertainment seems to want to. Drag it back. I mean, I could be wrong, but it seems uh, that sometimes the entertainment aspect of this really wants to. um, It's like the people who are involved, the producers, they don't really care. They just want to make money. They don't care about the accuracy of a story. They don't care about the credibility or a good name of of an investigator or a group or a psychic or or what have you. They don't care about all that. Their bottom line is money. So then they offer that to the entertainment side, and that leaves us, the researchers.
0: Well, that's, Um. that's, uh, yeah, yeah. the thing is, though, I mean, I had to go at John Zaffis the other day on Facebook, just because, well, yeah, but somebody, you know, a a lot of people leapt to his defense and said that he was, uh, had the wool pulled over him by the producers, and that, you know, Mm -hmm. they portrayed him differently, Um, but, you know, he got to, he he did two series, he could have said, hey, guys, this isn't what, what I want to be shown as, and pull out you know i've had the option of doing tv that i've decided is not for me you know mm-hmm. it's you take you, you know we we've all worked in the media and you have to make a judgement call on whether you think that the show is the sort of thing that you want to be involved with now i yeah. know rick you're doing a documentary as we speak um this uh, this coming weekend i think um yep. and
2: not a documentary. Um, I, I was involved with the documentary, but that is done filming now. It's uh, going to be released in July. It's called The Ghost Tape 2. But right now, um, my colleague and friend, Chuck Gatsky, uh, he and I, we are taping a um, just kind of like doing a beta testing for our own thing called Eerie Events. So, you know, that's kind of what's going on with that right now. Um, I mean, I like, you know, unlike yourself, I've never done any kind of television before. It's not off the table with me. But it's not the end all, be all of my
0: existence. Uh, well, you know, I, I've done a fair bit, but I, mm-hmm. I, I have to admit, I do enjoy it. But I make, sure. uh, I make a judgment call whether I want to get involved in a particular type of show. Sometimes it works out you know, in my favour and the show bombs and other times mm-hmm. the show goes on to be something you know, occasionally when the researcher or, or uh, the 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 station phone up and make initial contact, they portray it in a very, very different way. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, you know, it can be good fun and it does give you access and it does give you, you know, uh, there are some advantages to being in the media. I I tend to use it as an educational tool um, because it does give me an opportunity to showcase my style of investigation, um, Mm -hmm. particularly in the documentaries. But, you know, it can be fun. Let's not knock it too much unless unless, of course, you're uh, (laughs) I was going to say Atlantic Paranormal then, but. Like, I'm right. not
2: bagging on it completely. I'm just saying that I think that there are certain things that need to be changed, and um, I think that this field needs to be taken a little bit more seriously when you're going to present it on television. That's all I'm trying to
0: say. I don't think they have a will, because unless it's a pure documentary, I think the, the, mm-hmm. the primary function of television is to sell advertising. And in order to sell right. advertising, you know, it's ratings, ratings, ratings. If you don't make the ratings grade... The Show you know, one series. Um, it, it's driven by accountants, it's driven by ratings, it's driven by advertising. It's got no bearing on, on you know real world investigation, but unfortunately, people do think it has. And you turn up, you know, to do an investigation. I know, Ron, you've had the same experience, haven't you? People turn up and you know, they think. You're not an investigator unless you're doing things exactly the same as they do on on the shows that's true
2: yeah i mean i've I've gone on probably maybe a dozen or more investigations since uh since you know like ghost adventures started, and it would seem that usually the first half an hour is trying to tell people that no you don't have a demon in your house but I was saying to me please don't provoke the spirits. We have to live here. Don't be, don't swear at them, don't yell at them. It's like, and I just got
0: to tell them, it's like, we don't do that.
2: That's not how we do this. Ron, I'm
1: here. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I mean, it's, it's, I find it interesting that people cannot distinguish, you know, television between well, I don't. I don't know. It's even saying between that and what, and and we throw that that term around serious researcher. But how many people are, are seriously serious researchers? Uh, there's very few that really can call themselves. I mean, I do research, but am I a serious researcher? That's you know. I mean, what is it to me? What we need, if we're, if we're going to throw that term about serious research, we need a, a legitimate college or university or institution to you know go into that, go up before peer review and, and do that stuff. I mean it, just doing it on our own and, and publishing it a, wherever we put it, on YouTube or Facebook or a, our own website
0: is – I don't know how serious that is to be honest with you. Well, we do, we do have some of those mechanisms. They are – they're not perfect. Uh, we have the Society for Psychical Research, which allows us to... Yeah, but that only looks at it at one point of view. It doesn't. It, do- it absolutely doesn't. This is a mistake that people make, and this is why uh, field investigators are shy of submitting their, their work to the Society for Psychical Research. They, they are very, very open in what they publish. They will publish investigation reports where you know they, they do have to reach a standard. Um, you know, The... F- the the SPR have been publishing the results of investigations, spontaneous investigations, ghost hunts, for a hundred years or more. Um, but people don't submit them because of this identity crisis that the SPR seems to have. It uh, seems to have developed because it has become much more of an academic organisation than possibly it should, and it has a communication problem in that. A lot of the research is only of all of the research is only available via the journal, and the journal contains you know the the academic work and it 's written in academic language that's i mean it 's damn near impenetrable and i was talking I was talking to uh, a parapsychologist today about that very problem. One of the issues that parapsychology does have uh, in is the complete failure to disseminate the the results of their own work. Uh, when they do, it's in peer-reviewed journals with very obscure, long-winded titles that mean nothing to the lay investigator, uh, who, who themselves might be educated to a very high standard, but they're not using you know, the language of the layman. They're using their own academic speak that, that is damn near impenetrable. I mean, how many people listening to the radio tonight would know what transliminal psychology is? Um, you know, or a psychological construct. These, are, these words are meaningless, and yet the, the, the research that they're trying to describe is actually valuable research. But there's nothing stopping Ron or Rick or me or, or anybody listening to the show uh, f- from submitting their work for, for, you know, publication and review.
2: Okay. Ron. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, we're not that elitist. And over in America, you do have other, you know, you've got the Parapsychological Association, the Parapsychological Foundation, uh, mm. the, slightly, the slightly defunct um, American Society for Psychical Research. So there are mechanisms. We don't need anything new. I think we do. I really do think we do because I think is... it... do Go ahead. We? Well, I was going to say do we because we've got one, you know. We've got the mechanism. Why, you know, why do we want to create yet another one? Because the ones we've got aren't being used anyway. You know, countless people have set up. You know, there's uh, there's groups called you know, paranormal unity and yeah. all manner of all manner of things like this. Mm-hmm. And it it's full of backbiting. It's full of petty. Squabbling—it's full of my EVPs better than your EVP, and my ghost picture is real. And right. uh, there is no, there is no unity within the paranormal world.
2: You know what, Steve? And it, it's so funny that you bring this up because it's a story that I oftentimes tell with people. It's—I mean, I'm not like against paranormal unity. I like the idea of having people that I can bounce ideas off of, or go to, you know, for peer review. But uh, I actually got an email once, about maybe a year and a half ago. From a girl who had listened to Paranormal Underground, she did not like what I had to say at all. And really,
0: said, imagine yeah, that she said me. <laughs> <life> a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: but what I'm, I'm just uh, the point that I'm getting to is is that she told me she's like, you are a threat to paranormal unity. Oh, it's like I'm a threat? I'm a threat to paranormal unity because I my uh, my views Could you have a different point of view, a <laughs> bit more impassioned. Sorry, you know. Take it as a compliment. Well, you know what? At the time when I read it, it's not—it's not usually that I take things like that personally. But uh, that was like—that seemed to be very, you know, meant to be. You know, you're you're a threat to paranormal unity. You don't, you know, people like yourself don't belong in the field anymore because you're too old. And it's like you kind of can't help but take that just a little bit personally.
0: Uh, Well, Uh, I—I must admit, I don't actually because. You know, I get attacked and criticized by believers for being overly skeptical. I get attacked by the skeptics mm-hmm. for being, you know, on the side of the believer, which I take as a compliment. And you get attacked by me for no reason fre- at all. Frequently. But I take that as a compliment because if I'm upsetting both sides equally, then I must be being objective in my approach and balanced in my approach. So, you mm-hmm. know, as far as I'm concerned, and, and you know, you say about the threat to paranormal unity? What paranormal unity? This this idea of we're all in—you know—we're all looking for the same thing. Well, frankly, oh, yeah. guys, right. we're just—we're just not. We're just not. Um, and to to try and dress it up that we are is is a right. nonsense. Hmm. Well, I think it's it's just it's one of those
2: buzzwords that's incredibly popular at the moment.
0: Well, okay. not not in this household. No. <laughs>
1: so anyways uh, we just we just had a question in the chat room and uh, you want to handle that one
0: uh, Steve okay my lovely what, I, I wonder what Rick as a Chicago guy from the Windy City thinks of hello Chris Fleming's work there you go mr. K2 Yeah,
2: mr. K2 you know I don't I'm again I mean Chris has been on television quite a bit and I don't really watch television shows but he was recently on um, on my like Chuck Show. And, you know, he's got he seems like a good guy. I know that he claims to have psychic ability. I cannot say yes or no without actually testing that psychic ability or working with him in the field. But um he seems to be an okay guy. I've never personally talked to him, but I know many people who have, including my you know, my best friend Chuck. And um mm-hmm. he says he's uh he says he's an all right guy.
1: Yeah, I, I actually uh spoken to him a couple of times in fact he hung up on me once i remember uh but i don't know it's why obviously got but, taste then. Yeah, evidently uh but you know i actually watched his show but i mean be honest when i first got into paranormal i used to watch uh most haunted and i used to watch uh dead famous which was his show and uh, it was an interesting show because you had him as a psychic and then they had that porn star from the uk what was her name um
0: gail porter
1: Gail Porter, yeah. So I, I found that interesting um, for several reasons, but anyways, um, yeah. I mean, he's been in the field for a long, long time. But I, I got this yeah. this idea from just that conversation, uh, Rick. That you don't believe in psychics or mediums. You don't. You don't believe. Is that what I hear from you? Oh no! Oh no!
2: Please don't be. No, I absolutely do. I'm just. I mean, okay. what I'm okay. saying is, is like. I mean, I can't I will I can't say that somebody is or is not unless I actually work with them in the field or mm-hmm. I'm able to test that ability. But no, trust me, I do um, I work okay. in fact okay. two medium on investigations, uh Nancy Laporta and Kathy Lattice, and both of them have come back with some stuff that there's just no way they could possibly know. So no, mm-hmm. I do believe in psychic ability. I do I do believe that it is a real thing, yes.
1: Okay. You no, know, it just came off that way. I just wasn't quite sure what I was hearing no. at all.
2: No, that's all
0: right. That, I mean that just that just demonstrates that Rick is doing a really good job of being objective if you're believing that he's anti medium. Um, an accusation you've levelled at me on many occasions. Um yeah, but I, I mean, I, I just you just and I really... have discussed this many times. A lot of
1: people have their own beliefs, but when they come off and they do things in in real life, but when they come on the radio, all of a sudden they're you know Mister Skeptical or Mister uh, oh, Medium yeah. or wherever
0: they are. I mean, just, that happens a lot. Debate. Yeah, it's not just on the radio either. It's whenever you, you, you go out on an investigation off off times, because people know what my beliefs are. People or well, people think they know what my beliefs are, that's the funny part. Um, and so what they do when I'm around is often a lot different than what they do when I'm not there. Oh, okay.
2: Sure. So so Rick, yeah, how um, long you've been
0: all right, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. No,
2: go ahead with your question.
1: I mean, how long have you been investigating? I and mean, what came first? Did your talk show come first, or did the investigating come first? Uh,
2: the investigating came first. A long time first. Uh, my first investigation was in 1991. Okay, that was. The and that the, I mean, how did how did you get involved in
1: it? I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, is that one of these stories? Where you grew up in a haunted house, and you know, you live with the paranormal all your life.
2: No, no, in fact, I come from a very fundamentalist Christian family that did not like that kind of thing. No my you know the whole thing that started with me actually about nine years earlier when I was eight years old, and I witnessed and interacted with an apparition of my grandparents um um house on the northwest side of chicago and um the very first one was actually very it was kind of accidental um, the woman she was she was a Christian she was a friend of our family, and she was you know helping kids I'd get out of, like, you know, cult or occult situations. And one of the girls that she had living with her um, had a lot of very strange, almost poltergeist activity that was going on around her. Um, you know, things were moving. Uh, but she did say that she claimed to see um, these two giant shadows that would witness, that would, you know, visit her in the middle of the night. So I, you know, got in my car, went over there, I had my, you know, a pen and a pad of paper, and that's all, that's all we really needed at the time. You know, we didn't We didn't have all this other stuff. But yeah. um, I sat there and sat in a chair, and the second, maybe about, I remember quite specifically, about 2.30 in the morning, she says, Rick, they're here. I get up, I run in there, and in Northern Illinois in August, or I think maybe it was like the first week of September or whatever, it is still hot as hell <laughs> in, in Northern Illinois and this was in a um, in, in a in a double wide motor home and this room was probably felt like 20 to 30 degrees colder than the rest of the house it was it was amazing that was the first time I of course it's my first investigation but that was the first time I ever actually experienced that and um i was talking to the beings if they were there and all of a sudden one just appeared in front of me and I had this big humongous black shape just appear right in front of me. And I don't know if I fell backwards out of fear or I don't know if this thing pushed me. Sometimes I think it did push me. Sometimes I think I may have just, it wasn't the most well-kept house in the world. So I could have, you know, fell on something. But, um, that was, that was, very, uh, that was the very first investigation that I ever cut my teeth on. <laughs>
1: All right. So, I mean, that's interesting. You know, I'm I, I probably the only person that was uh, – did TV first and then did paranormal because <laughs> it kind of like that's how the – I got into the paranormal was by doing a, a, a TV show. I I took a course in TV production and tried to do it on something and decided to do it on ghosts for a couple of reasons, but that's how I got involved It was totally opposite of whatever – anybody else ever talks about uh, and and I think that, that actually helped me in a lot of ways because um, I went in not believing not having any experiences whatsoever but then realizing there was something out there that I couldn't explain so that's uh, I, I think I'm lucky that it, that it happened that way but anyway so you have been investigating for many 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 years since 1991 yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? I mean, I, I guess I, I'm trying to think of, what is your, uh, your goal investigating?
2: What is my what? Goal. Why do you my investigate? Goal? Yeah. You,
1: everybody my, has a goal. You do it for a reason. Everybody does something for a right. reason.
2: Right. Um, since I do mostly private homes, um, okay. I do it because I want people to understand that that the afterlife is not something you need to fear, and these entities in your home aren't anything to really fear. You know, they're human beings, just like you or I, um, just, you know, without a body, of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, find find that piece of evidence that not only shows them that, yeah, you know what, you're not a crazy person, there's something in your house, but I, I, I don't have websites or anything like that, so I don't put up evidence and all that. I think that's, you know, kind of ridiculous, but... Thanks. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's me offended.
2: No, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I, I think that people do it, a lot of people do it as a means to show, you know, oh, hey, look, I have I have an award. Or I have a trophy. I'm not out of the <laughs> Don't stop me on that. <laughs>
1: huh. Don't stop nah,
2: me on you know, that one. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is is I'm not out to look for trophies. I'm out to help the people that have something going on in their home, um, whether or not, you know, there really is something spiritual there or there's something, you know, psychological going on or, you know, whatever. I'm not there to get trophies.
1: So, I mean, are you qualified to do that? Are are paranormal investigators in general qualified to do that? I mean, you just you mentioned several things there. When you got in, you actually got into the psychological aspect of it. Now, you're talking about, you know, something that's basically medical. Um, You know, uh, are we really qualified to do this? And, And how do you help them? I mean, do you help them? By just saying there's something there or there's nothing there, that's what I'm trying to get to understand. Ah, there's the break. Think about that. We'll be right back. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International. To Jeanette, Perrex, Play the Paranormal. Tune in, whatever. We'll be back after the following messages with Steve Parsons, Ron Colt, our special guest Rick Hale. Paranormal Not stuffy but informal The topics are abnormal The Parrax family
0: They're strange Deranged Unrestrained So grab your favorite brew It's time to rendezvous As we give awards to The ex family Take 6,427
1: All right
2: <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. Scares me. So, anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing
1: to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Anne and Ron.
2: See you then.
0: Well, I guess that heartbeaty sound means that we're back for part two of Ghost Chronicles International. You're listening to us live, hopefully, or you might be listening to one of the numerous podcasts or on one of your iDevices or a smart device if you haven't got an iDevice or a ghost box even. And over in New England is 27 Cents, formerly known as Van Helsing, New England's very own numero uno ghost hunter. In Chicago is America's numero uno ghost hunter and radio host Rick Hale, and here in the UK, uh, well, it's me, I guess. Yeah. So uh, without further boy. yeah sushi boy, thirty five p. Without further ado, let's go back to the guest who was pondering a question posed by Ron before the break. And normally at this point, Ron interrupts me with an announcement.
2: No. Nope. You're nope. good. Okay. Maybe. Go. Oh. Um. <laughs> basically the goal is this if you call me to your house and i walk in and i can't find anything i mean nothing whatsoever i'm going right. to tell you that but if i can and if i do find something and i can back it up then i will show you um you're talking about psychology um yeah i'm not qualified to, to diagnose people with anything but i know a lot of people who are mm-hmm. and those are people that i can go to if i feel that there's something that you know might might be psychological been in a few houses before where I I suspected that there was child abuse going on, mm-hmm. you know, and right. I have to report that, and I will because I'm in, in the state of Illinois. Since I work for an agency that is works for, uh, works with uh, DCFS, mm-hmm. I'm I have to report that, even if even if okay. it's, if it's a suspicion, I have to.
1: Right. I mean, it's the same in in Massachusetts and other places as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, so. I mean, you do you do house clearings?
2: If I if something like that needs to be done, then yeah, uh, that's when I call in one of my um, one of the psychics that I work with. They know how to do that kind of thing.
0: Right. Steve. Well, I was I was just I was mindful of. Uh, uh, I mean, Rick is a respected investigator, and Rick and I have, have had many conversations, uh, mostly on Facebook. Uh, but there are, there are differences in our approaches. I mean, there isn't an altruistic bone in my body. Um, I began researching the paranormal purely for my own ends because I wanted to understand why people have these experiences, not out of any desire to help them. Uh, so that, you know, that, was, that was one area where we are different. Also, uh, I would never, ever entertain the prospect of a clearance um, at that point, where you know, if a client mentions the fact that that's what they want, that's the point where we can't help them any longer. Um, we wouldn't direct them or advise them because it's not within our remit. Um, the other area yeah, it, where we do—sorry, hold on a second.
2: No, 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 that's okay. Let me just interrupt you with okay? that. I don't like doing that. Um, the idea of me kicking somebody out of what is. Essentially, I mean, these people, this spirit may still see this as being their home. Um, Recently, I heard about a clearing that they, uh, I just, right down the street from my house, actually, I heard about this where they kicked the spirit of a 14-year-old boy out of the house. And it's like, why? And I asked them, like, why would you do something like that? And it's like, well, they wanted it. Well, you should have advised them that maybe this is not the best thing to do. Me, personally, I would rather tell people to either stand up to the spirit and say, "Hey, look, this is my house, not yours," or try and live in harmony with them. The clearance, whatever, clearing out. house, less, less worst case scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even go that far, Rick. Um, okay. We, we offer absolutely. I mean, we, we, start, you know, on the basis uh, when, we're, when we uh, are called in or invited in. Uh, on the basis of explaining what we can and can't offer them. And what we always make very, very clear is that we can't offer them any form of uh, intervention. Uh, Ours is purely an investigation, uh, perhaps a diagnosis if a diagnosis is obvious, um, if if they want other outcomes. And do you know what in in all of the years I've been investigating it's only mm-hmm. occurred once where a client actually wanted a removal or an exorcism carried out and I've only in been a uh, we are not
2: like
0: yeah we're not an agency mm-hmm. you know that, that can offer that that facility um, yeah. and neither or even. Neither a boy, or even advise them you know it's, it's way outside our ballpark but what we what we do have uh, at our disposal i know rick you you uh, you say that you have people that you can consult yeah. we're fortunate inside parasites that we have the people within the group that we can consult relating to uh psychomedical conditions um yeah. drug interactions uh you know a whole raft of uh, of stuff like that we, we are fortunate um to have those people inside the group. But that doesn't mean to say, and we have frequently gone outside of the group to gain additional expertise because, you know, there comes a point where you have to say, you have to know when to say, enough is enough, and we can't, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're just going to make things worse if we get involved. Right. In fact, I, I, we, think, and we I think we probably that turn hap-
1: down. I think so, that happens a lot for people who do private. You know, I, I really have shied away from doing private one because. Uh, you know, they're looking when you when you have a private investigation, people are really having their own mind what's going on and what what they want done ahead of time. And no matter what you present to them, sometimes uh, they're still going to have in their own mind what they want done and what's there. Uh, so private private is is really a tricky situation. Uh, you know, the the people that do it, that's you know, if that's what they want, that's fine. But I I I. Uh, I don't know. It's it is, I've done it is them in the absolute. past. I'm not saying that I have not because I've done many of them. But uh, as as I get on in years, I I realize that maybe that's you know maybe that's not a really good thing.
0: Well, well I always you know, advise people not to get involved with private cases um, because they are an absolute you know they're a danger area. And a minefield for the investigator and for the and for the client. A minefield is um, a good word. I like that. You know, yeah, the yeah, wrong word true. said at the wrong time can change the entire outcome of, of the mm-hmm. of the case. And so, we are fortunate that we can handle those because we have the expertise. Um, but my my general advice is don't go anywhere near how, you know somebody's private property, mm-hmm. uh, and that also extends to places of work as well. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, it's. Doing private homes is a slippery slope. Sure, but you know, if somebody's going to ask me for the help, I'm I'm going to give it to them. Um, I that's the way it's always been. I've always done Mm -hmm. private homes. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, and I'm you know the the with the clearings too. It's like I've only done two, and those two have only been within the last like five or six, seven years. Well, that's because they think that they have something that's evil in their house. Mm-hmm. so in those in the two that I was involved in, I was only an investigator in the group, I wasn't like lead guy where I could say, hey look man, don't do this kind of thing, it's not right, because when I belonged to a diff, to a larger group, the lead investigator right. did them, it's kind of one of the reasons why he and I sort of parted ways yeah.
1: do, you, do you think that like all these TV shows, I mean, let's face it and I was talking about this on the, the morning edition Monday and uh, that when ghost hunters first came out for instance they used to go into a place and basically they would tell you if it was haunted or not that was their deal okay we debunk things it's it's haunted it's not haunted but then as it went on in years you know people got Anesthetized that's, and that's to that. Oh, I almost said that word right. Uh, and and they wanted more, so it became like it wasn't haunted. It became, okay, it's haunted, and we got all this cool stuff. And then it became haunted and there's demons there. And now, you know, it, it's I mean, It seems to be stepping up and up. Do you think that because of all these TV shows that we're seeing that same thing, especially you, because you say you do private private homes. Do you find you see more of that? evilness and demon stuff now than than you did when you first started doing it.
2: Oh my God, yeah! I mean, it's it seems that a lot of it, uh, some of the television shows, not a lot of them, but some of them, you know, certain in one that's on Saturday night on the Travel Channel, by the way, seems to be a television show that is based um, in it's it's fear based superstition. To me, every time you say the word "demon" or there's a demon here or we're dealing with demons. You are pulling this field back just a little bit more, and really, with any kind of mainstream science anything like that, they're going to say, "Oh, well, they're you know they're touching on a religious subject rather than a scientific subject." So, yeah, I do believe that there that there has been a lot of this. Like I said, the only two claims I've ever done within the last you know five, six, seven years, and. Before that, I never, I never dealt with a demon before. I never dealt with any evil spirit before. I I dealt. You know, so I, you've I never been the married, then? Huh? I, oh no, I am very married in fact. But um, I think that the mo- I think the worst one that I ever dealt with was back in '95, and it was just some curmudgeonous old fart of a man that I did not want these people in their home. So I bring a medium in. I mean, you know, I'm only 21 years old at the time, but you know, I knew a medium then, and. She was able to talk to them. Hey, look, you know, they, they're, they're scared of you. They they want to know what it is that you want. And finally, he was able to get a message to talk to them. Well, you know, well, I help. I don't understand. Here, this is, you know, I'm, I'm actually told this told that he's in. So that's where the medium takes over. That's when the medium is talking to him. And um, but yeah, there's been more of this evil spirit and, and fear-based superstition within the last ten years. It's, it's
0: disturbing me. It's disturbing to me. I noticed the Catholic Church recently um, noted that there'd been a, an exponential increase in the amount of evil, and uh, put out a was it a call for the requirement for more that exorcists. actually went out, that
1: actually went out a yeah. while ago. That's that's well, quite of a yeah, but it's it's it's, it's was, been
0: well, it has been repeated. Um, yeah, they but, increased the number
1: of exorcists in the United States.
2: Yeah. I forget. Yeah, because, right. But at the same – I mean, look, look at let's, – let's, let's go back to the 70s. They had a rise in exorcism back in the 70s because there were three big movies that came out. Back That's back. right. The Medieval Horror, The Exorcist, and mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, all of them mm-hmm. dealing with evil spirits. So when all those movies came out, people started thinking, it's like, oh, my God, you know, my friend is possessed. Well, no, maybe your friend is just actually schizophrenic. Rather than taking him to a priest, take him to a doctor.
1: But Actually, you know, you know. You know, know, you know I, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Wait.
2: In all fairness,
1: you can't go and just like okay, uh, you know, you know, clip your fingers and uh, you're going to get an exorcist. If you go to the Catholic Church for an exorcism, it is a long and drawn out process. It's no like roll and hey, that you know have to I'm go for a psychological testing. You have to go for medical testing. It's it's not. Uh, it's not anything like, and there's people out there calling themselves exorcists, and they call, and they may be priests, they may be former priests or, or from a, a, but if you go through the the regular Catholic Church, it is not an easy, easy task well, to do.
2: No, I realize that. What the point I was trying to make was, is that even back then there was a major upswing in people saying, "Hey, I got demons," or "Hey, I have a demon in me." I mean, yeah, of course the church has to cover their butts, and all they have to do all the, you know. They have to do all the investigations. They have to do all the psychological, all the medical, mm-hmm. um, because all that could be contributing factors to it. And mm-hmm. there's nothing evil at all. So it was just mm-hmm. an upswing and like people believing that they were, they, they or their friends or family members are possessed by demons. We're right. seeing that now, as you said yourself, Ron.
0: We just balance that by actually saying that the Catholic Church, who have been investigating and uh, apparently battling demons for around about 1,500 years, mm-hmm. do actually maintain a, a large body of evidence that supports the existence of evil spirits, demons. Um, yeah, you know, this is based on on their work and on their research. And as you say, and that um, that that material is available to do- too. Yeah, and you do They're have a to jump through researcher. Yeah, you do have to jump through hoops to get, uh, you know, an exorcism or a deliverance ministry, as it's now known. Right. Um, so that would kind of support the idea that there are evil spirits. Um, you know, the Catholic Church is a, you know, is definitely pro evil spirits. It's definitely a believer, mm-hmm. and is, yeah. uh, you know, they base that on fifteen hundred years of of doing battle with the bad guys. Uh, i mean there's also I, uh, just come back to this schizophrenic thing as well if i may just very very briefly um, there mm-hmm. have been there have been uh, well documented cases of apparent schizophrenia uh, that were that were uh, not responding to treatment but did respond to an exorcism so you we, we know, don't it's, know the
1: power of the mind, but uh, we don't you know, know the yeah. power of
0: the mind, but there are there are documented cases where schizophrenics exactly. who, who yeah. did not respond to treatment, conventional treatment for uh, the psychiatric condition and did and, respond positively to an exorcism.
1: Well, let me do a caveat to that. There are also people out there who have not responded to mainstream medicine and have responded to holistic medicine. So throw that mm-hmm. out there.
0: So well, we, we, exactly. it's, again, this, we don't know
1: the power of the mind. So
0: this is this is you know an area that we that we don't really fully understand. But right. I'm 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 fully with you, Ron, when you said that there are people, and we have them here in the UK too. One minute there is they're a medium, and they're on a TV show, and they're just doing the usual medium on a TV show stuff. And you know, the next minute they're promoting themselves as exorcists. Mm-hmm. So Rick, mm-hmm. I want to go back to your investigating
1: again because uh, yeah. you have been doing it for so long, so I mean, you collect evidence, so I, i'm I'm curious in in what you consider evidence I, I know you won't say proof because there's there's no such thing as proof correct no, I don't
2: think that I don't think that you could ever really prove I, you know with hearing voices, uh, doing EVP you know sound recordings um, photographs video me i I love. I'm very much, you know, audio. I love, you know, music, and and so it's like I love listening to EVPs. And it's like if I can find that one voice in there that doesn't belong to me, and I don't, I don't run like a big group. It's usually just me, an assistant, and the medium. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I know that the three of us haven't said something that that appeared in this recording, and I know that the homeowner didn't say anything that appeared in this recording. So whose voice is it then?
1: Right, but, I mean, you hear a sound and you say it's a voice, but, I mean, you if you've been doing this for so long, you know also that there are different classes of it. I mean, and some of the, sure. the stuff that's coming that's out as the ZBPs, I mean, they're really not very good. I mean, do you, would no, you show not. that and, and offer that up as evidence to a, a client? No, absolutely
2: not. I'm not going to give any kind of evidence to a client unless I am absolutely sure. to myself, okay, that you can hear something there, and it is clear, crystal clear. I'm not going to give somebody a bunch of garbled stuff. I'm not going to, you know, present a bunch of um, orb photographs or whatever. But I'm not – when I give evidence, and if I have any doubt, it's gone. It's just – it's gone. And unless it is, like, clear as crystal that somebody who is not there is saying – only then will I offer that to the homeowner or the business owner as um, evidence. So I'm
1: going to ask you, uh, what do you think is the best piece of evidence that you've ever collected?
2: Uh, it was at a private home in Lindenhurst. It was, you know, four years ago. and No, five years ago. It was when I was with this larger group. Um, and the group, the the, the founder of the leader, he had this weird thing about that whatever you get, is it has to be given to me. That was another reason I quit that group that because I thought, I don't know, this sounds kind of weird, but I also am in the habit of doing the EVP and then listening. And apparently in this home, um, the spirit bothering this little boy, you know, not letting him sleep, you know, trying to talk to him and stuff like that. And I got this EVP Clear. Even my wife heard it, and my wife does not. She's she's not a skeptic, but she's not a believer. She just she's a realist. She, and she's very she's very materialist about it. And even she heard this this voice say, "The boy." when I ask the question, "Why do you bother this boy?" and the voice comes back and says, "Because the boy is special." Get out of my house right now, you asshole. Clear <laughs> as crystal. My really, wife, that's cool. I, yeah. yeah Clear as crystal, and like I said, I wish I still had it, but I don't because mm-hmm. this team leader, is, you know guy that weird thing about turning over evidence to them. and um, that I would have to say that that was the clearest EVP, and I've heard a lot of them, not just from my own, but from other people, the clearest EVP that I've ever heard, uh, and, and, and that's a
1: fairly, a and, fairly long
2: one too, uh, Rick, too as well. Yeah, it is.
1: I. Right. Uh, I think I think uh Steve is playing with his Legos there. I I'm not, I hear some noise here. I'm not sure what that is, but Sorry guys. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, we we uh anyways, we do have a question from the chat room and uh this one goes back to our conversation about clients and uh, uh Nate says uh sometimes clients keep finding groups to investigate their homes until they find a group that tells them what they want to hear. Do you find that true?
2: Yes.
0: Hello. Hello. Uh-oh. Hello. Are you there? I'm here. Have you put him on hold again? No, I didn't do it. Why is it always me? <laughs> you're in Stop. charge of you you've been pressing the buttons again, haven't you?
1: I haven't been touching any buttons. We lost Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a big yeah, it was a big yes and then he died on us. I, I must well, be, must be. But he he does not. make
0: well. I was. It was a point I was going to make. Uh, ask, make it, ask him earlier was this idea of you know going into a place it's evil. Um, how many times have you got? Has he gone into a place that he, following another group uh, where the homeowner you know didn't really have. Well, you know, we've we've done many, many over here where the homeowner has been actually quite skeptical of the paranormal possibilities. You know, they it never really occurred to them they had noises, they had things happening, they were quite skeptical of what went on, but a friend suggested that it might be paranormal, a paranormal group comes along, they'd start to do investigations, they start to ramp up the you know, the uh the evilness or 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 the uh the sort of uh, badness of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you end up with a near psychotic client. You know, we've, we've, you we've had si-
1: Yeah. You're oh, back, you're back, back, Rick. Oh, good, good. I thought you died on us. Nice. I'm still here.
2: Um, did you want me to finish, or Steve? Would... Uh, no, no, no. no, we, no. You, you
1: just, finished. We... I was just filling in. Yeah, we were just chit chatting. Yeah, that has
2: happened to me one time. It was a family.
0: Okay. <laughs> it was it was a family. We it was. Yeah, it
2: was family. It was a family. So they I, later on I had learned that I was the fourth group that they had brought into their home, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like, why would you do this? And I didn't find anything in that home. Mm-hmm. There was just the the there was another. I mean, I'm, the medium was like there
1: Wow! Is he breaking up on us?
0: I blame them. Well, it's obvi- obviously it's the, the other camp don't want this message to get through tonight. Ah, the Demons. Yeah. And... Listen, listen, Mr. Demons, if you are listening, or if it's actually the Obama administration eavesdropping, can you please reconnect, Rick, because we want to find out what happened next. Well, we know it was a family,
1: and he was the fourth group to be in, and he found nothing. But yeah, Come on, CIA, turn off the, turn off the jamming. Oh, he says he's still there, but we can't hear him. Oh. This is so sad. Ah, oh, oh well. Perhaps he's whispering. No, the. Oh, they're going to try to get him again. No,
0: he's back. He's back. No, I don't think so.
1: I heard a noise. Uh, it must be a Legos.
0: It's not Lego. That's in the box.
1: Uh...
0: Oh well. Anyway, I mean, you know, let's, let's let's chat amongst ourselves again. But do you find that too, Ron? That um, often, oftentimes, times, once a, once a location doesn't have to be a domestic case, but once a location has been visited by the investigators, the amount of hauntings and haunted increases and ramps up dramatically.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, you're back! Yay. Greg? <laughs> Greg?
0: He's teasing, Rick? isn't he?
1: Oh, Rick.
2: Can you guys hear me? Perfectly. Yes, we can. Yes, yes, speak. Okay, fantastic. Great. Um... <laughs> kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> am I still
0: here? Yes. Now you are. I am. Okay, great. Thank you. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, a.k.a. the Radio Farce Show, where the guest seems to have disappeared courtesy of inside the Obama administration or demons, and we managed to get him back just in time for the final bell.
1: That's right. That's the doorbell, which means <laughs> <laughs> the dead is here, so we've got to wrap it up. Uh, Rick, we've got to say goodbye to you. We've got to say goodbye okay. to you, believe it. I don't know why, but you just kept breaking up on us on the end there. We tried so hard. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. Um well if you guys can hear me,
1: thank you for having me on. We can hear you and we thank you for coming on and oh. we ask you some, we ask you some tough questions and uh, you know I, I like to I like to do that because you know yeah. we're not okay. here I, I want to see how people think. I want to you know I want to challenge their beliefs and and it's nothing against you or anything. We would never believe that. I think you okay. are a very good investigator. But uh, we want to thank you for being on the show, though, and uh, remember to tune in to Rick's show Thursday nights, I believe. It's called The Paranormal Underground, and his show doesn't keep cutting
0: out like ours does either. No, it's
2: The Paranormal Underground at HazyRadio.com, Thursday
1: nights, 8 p.m. Central. Well, he came through all right for that. We say
0: quality, quality paranormal radio. <laughs> All right, Rick. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you.
2: Right. Bye. Bye.
1: Well, that was uh, – <laughs> I can't believe that. Anyways, tune in tomorrow night as we have the live video broadcast of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. when our special guest, will be the host of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisenberg. And he's going to be talking about haunted objects because he wrote a book with him and Mr. Uh, Pakwaji, Chris Balzano. So uh, tune in tomorrow night and watch us. So, Steve, I want to thank you. Thank you. Hey, held up tonight, I didn't drop out. I know, you were very good. Which unfortunately we lost I guess. So yeah. Till next God time. Bless. Yeah, good night. Bye bless.